we have been in a series called Devoted. And this series is based on Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it's a set of verses that I think is one of the coolest sets of verses that we find in Scripture. The book of Acts tells the birth of the early church. And it's really a second half of a two-part book. So we've got the book of Luke that tells the story of Jesus' birth. It tells the story of his life. It tells the story of his death. It tells the story of his resurrection. And the author of that book, which is why it's called The Gospel According to Luke, is a man named Luke. Luke is Greek. Um, Luke uh, has this really interesting way. He's a historian. He's a fast-paced writer. Um, And so he spends this time in the book of Luke telling this story, the birth, the life, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. And then what he does is he's writing to uh, this person. His name is Theophilus, uh, probably most likely a Greek leader uh, in the Roman world, a really fascinating character that we don't really know much about. But we know that what Luke is doing is Luke is convincing Theophilus. He's saying, the way of Jesus looks like this. Here's this man who was born, who lived, he taught, he died. And then Theophilus, he was resurrected into new life. And he tells the story of Jesus and he's telling Theophilus, listen, this is why I believe Jesus is Lord. This is why I follow the way of Jesus. And what he's doing is telling Theophilus through the book of Luke, hey, this this story is true and this is why you should follow Jesus. And then in the second half of this two-part collection, he gets into this book we call the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And Luke picks up on the story of the resurrection. And he begins there, and he starts at the resurrection, and then he tells the birth of the early church. And he says, Theophilus, I want to tell you what happened after the resurrection, because the resurrection mattered. And all of a sudden, this group of people began to follow Jesus, and they began to change the world as they began to share the way of Jesus with their communities. And he tells this incredible story. And Acts, which you can read in just, you know, a very short amount of time, in those chapters, Luke tells 10 years of history. So when you get a chance, I want you to go home. I want you to open a Bible. I want you to open the book of Acts, whether that's a small Bible that you have or whether that's you know, your grandma's Bible that you still have that sits on a coffee table. Go to the book of Acts, realize, and then grab the book of Luke and realize these two are part of this collection, this library that we call the Bible, but these are two separate books that kind of create this volume. And look at the book of Acts and realize this is 10 years of history that he's telling. And he tells it quickly. He tells it so fast. It's fast, but one story, right to the next, next to next, to the next to next. And he just goes through these stories so quickly. And then what he does, though, is he pauses. And that's what's so special about this passage that we've been in. Luke, who is this fascinating, fast-paced storyteller of a writer, it's like all of a sudden he breathes. He just goes, and he looks around. And he does the kind of thing that you and I do. You know when you're having a great time and you're just in life and you're just seeing things take place? Your kids are growing up, your grandkids are growing up, you're, you're working hard, you're all this stuff, but you, but you don't take those times to pause. But then when you do, you kind of just go, wow, look at this. I feel like I do this every week with my girls. I just stop and look at them and go, I want this 
moment to stop. Time is a thief, and I want, I want time to just stop because I don't want to forget this moment. I don't want to forget this summer when they're this age. And that's what Luke is doing in the book of Acts. He's telling the story of the apostles and all this stuff taking place. He's talking about 120 people that were filled with the Holy Spirit began to share the way of Jesus and thousands of people began to follow Jesus. Churches born all throughout the Roman Empire. And it's an exciting story, but he has to stop and pause and go, wait, let's not forget. And then when he does that, These are the words he says in reflection. He says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So listen, when you read this passage, from now on, whenever you get to this passage and you're reading through Acts, I want you to stop hear Luke breathing in and looking around in complete awe at what was taking place around him. Because this passage is a man sitting back and going, I can't believe what I get to be a part of. So he tells us that this diverse group of people, and man, this was a diverse group of people. All kinds of backgrounds from all kinds of places in the Roman Empire, socioeconomic backgrounds, walls that had been broken down. This was an inclusive, diverse group of people. But here's what brought them together. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which as we talked about the past several weeks is learning the way of Jesus. They were devoted to fellowship, which we found out is authentic relationships that goes beyond fist bumps, high fives, seeing somebody across a row on a Sunday morning. It's real, authentic relationships. They were devoted to the breaking of bread, which is pausing together to reflect on God's grace and provision. And the week we talked about that, we talked about it like Thanksgiving, sitting, stopping, and saying, thank you, God, for this community. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. And then they were devoted to prayer, which meant they were devoted to seeking God's will for their lives because that's what prayer ultimately does. Prayer causes us to look at this world and say, God, would you do something about this? And then God's saying, let me empower you to go and do. This is the essence of prayer, is that prayer changes us and puts us on a trajectory to see God's will for this world and to join God in what he is already doing. And so it's through this devotion that God moved in and through this early church. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that they captivated people around them with the way that they lived their lives. They were an authentic expression of the good news of Jesus, and that was the center of their lives. I wrote it down this way to not forget this. The way of Jesus drew these people together. The Holy Spirit gave them a radical love for one another. 
And it was their devotion to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer that empowered them to become the captivating community that God created them to be. Don't miss this. Hear this again. Listen to this. It's the way of Jesus that drew them together. Being captivated by the way of Jesus. Does the way of Jesus captivate you? Does the idea of loving God and loving others and loving like Jesus captivate you? It should. Or maybe we're not learning about the way of Jesus. We should. The way of Jesus causes me to love like Jesus. And when you love like Jesus, people are captivated. The Holy Spirit worked within them, gave them a radical love for each other, caused them to begin to call each other the things like brother and sister. It's not a mistake when we say around here that we believe we are a family. It's exactly what God does through the Holy Spirit. And it was their devotion to these four things, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, and prayer that empowered them to become the captivating community that God created them to be. So the language that Luke used in this passage, the language that we often take for granted because we just kind of read through this, was that this experience that these people had was like something absolutely brand new, something that they had never experienced before. It was like a new beginning for anyone who participated in it. A guy named Dr. Gilbert Bilzekian, I think he gets this language really well here. This idea that Jesus makes everything new, that through the church they experienced this reality of newness, that, that they were living like the resurrection actually mattered, that new life had actually come. Listen to how he puts it. There was once a community of believers who were so totally devoted to God that their life together was charged with the Spirit's power. And in that band of Christ followers, believers loved each other with a radical kind of love. They took their masks off. They shared their lives with one another. They laughed and cried and prayed and sang and served together in authentic Christian fellowship. This community of believers offered unbelievers a vision of life that was so beautiful, it took their breath away. It was so bold, so creative, so dynamic that they couldn't resist it. Imagine what the church would look like if it was so beautiful that it took the breath away of people who didn't belong to it. And here's what's amazing about this. What we read of this early church is true for us. That God desires us as a church community to be devoted, to be intentional people, Loving God, loving others, bringing life to our community. The breathtaking reality that we see here, what we read here in Acts, this isn't a history of what happened. It's the vision of what can still take place. What can take place when people are devoted and participate fully in every aspect of their life, of their faith community but it's not always perfect. So last week, we talked about a troubling story of a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. In that story last week, we saw the danger of people that claimed to be part of a new kind of community, but didn't actually commit to it. They said, I'm a part of this thing, but they weren't actually committed to it. And we found that nothing will kill our faith, nothing will kill our community, and nothing will kill our witness to those around us than having one foot in 
and one foot out. So I gave a challenge, and I'm going to read it to you. I said, if you say you belong to this church community, participate fully in every aspect of the life of this community, worship and service and fellowship. If you say you love others, love all those who belong to this community and welcome others you don't know like they are old friends. And most of all, if you claim to follow Jesus and believe a new reality is present, then that reality starts with you. Grace and generosity, love and mercy and justice are not for someone else to do. Stop waiting for someone else to be the church that you believe that we should be, and you go and be it. It's when you fully live that out that we become the church that we're meant to be. And how do I know that? It's because I experienced it. Do you know 10 years ago, 10 years ago, less than 20 people committed to being a part of Southeast. And they had no idea what was to come. There was an uncertain future that was wide open to the possible. But I was there, and it was uncertain. Some of you were there, and it was uncertain. But we committed. And we said we believe God is working in and through us to do something. And those 20 people laid a foundation upon which we love about this church was built. So much that we love about Southeast is what Southeast is because these 20 people committed to being that kind of church, and that's why we're still here today. What guided us during the pandemic, what led us to where we're going, it was all forged during that time. But here's the thing, the same values that we talk about today, loving God, loving others, bringing life to our community, those are the values that those 20 people committed to at that time. We use different language. We said it in different ways. But it's the same thing. See, we have to be careful. We don't just look to the past. We live it out today. We don't just look to where we were. We don't just look to say, how great was that? We say, how great can it be? See, and I think this is the point that Luke makes in Acts 2. His point wasn't to revel in what was. I don't think he was sitting around going, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, guys, if you had only been there, I don't think that's at all what Luke is saying. I think what Luke's point was to inspire the church to what the church could always be. He wasn't reveling in what was. He is saying, if you continue to devote and be committed and be a part of this, this doesn't just sit in history. This continues over and over and over and over again into the future. And that's what Luke was telling us. And that's how Luke concludes this captivating retelling of the birth of the church. He inspires us to who we're called to be today. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This year, 
we celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Southeast. And this is not the way that I thought we were going to walk into 10 years. When I thought about walking into the 10-year anniversary of Southeast two years ago, I thought, man, what's it going to look like? What could it be? What could happen? And we all know what the last two years have been like. So now we find ourselves in a new season. We're asking all kinds of new questions about how we can be and how Southeast can meet this moment, this season, this specific time, the community around us, the questions being asked, not with old ways, but with new ways, because our call is to reach us and our communities here and now. So here's what I know. The good news of Jesus, that's good news for everyone because it's good news for anyone, hasn't changed. The power, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, making us brand new, hasn't changed. The mission to love God, love others, bring life to our community has not changed. And the audacious hope, the audacious hope we have of what's possible as we stare out into uncertainty hasn't changed. Those things have not changed. Now, I still have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of uncertainty about what's to come next. I know that. And you know me that I'm honest. I'm always honest. How would we not have questions how would we not wonder about what comes next? Isn't that what makes this awesome? Isn't that what makes it great to be a part of community that says, I don't know what's coming, but here's what I know. I know we have each other, and I know we have God's love and his grace and his mercy and forgiveness. I know we have the way of Jesus to follow. I know that we have that. And here's also what I know. I know that whether there are 20 30, 50, or 100 of us, if we are devoted and fully committed to God and each other, fully devoted, in whatever way that looks like, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, we will experience things that we cannot even begin to imagine because we are inviting God to work in and through us. Again, whether there's 20, 30, 50, 100 of us, you say, how many of us are there, Ryan? I still have no idea. But what I do know is if we're committed, if we're devoted, God will do incredible things for us. And in 10 years, people will look back and say, can you believe the foundation? that those committed people built after a global pandemic when they said, we're going to redefine the way people think about church. We are going to love God. We are going to love others. We are going to bring life to our community. And we're going to change the way that we see ourselves, our neighbors, our community. Our faith is going to be empowered in ways we can't even begin to imagine because we are devoted. But if we're not, we have one foot in, one foot out, guys, none of that happens. 
we will redefine the word church for those who know church can be different. We will show it's not just a place you go, but a way of believing, becoming, and belonging that captivates those around us with the good news of Jesus. I still believe in the good news of Jesus. Do you? I do. I believe in the good news of Jesus. And I want to share that with our world. Let's close with these inspiring words again. And may this, as we close up this series and talking about these passages, may we look like Luke. May we look around and look back and say, man, this is what's possible. And then realize if we step into that and we fully trust and we commit and we embrace each other and we embrace God's love for each and every one of us, we will live out being the church that God has called us to be. Listen to these words. May may these inspire us and may they be said of us. There was once a community of believers so totally devoted to God that their life together was charged with the Spirit's power. And in that band of Christ followers, believers loved each other with a radical kind of love. They took their masks off and shared their lives with one another. They laughed and cried and prayed and sang and served together in authentic Christian fellowship. This community of believers offered unbelievers a vision of life that was so beautiful, it took their breath away. And it was so bold, it was so creative, it was so dynamic that they couldn't resist it. God, as we read this story, as we conclude these verses, I ask God that in these moments, you would inspire us. That you would cause us in these next few moments to recommit to you, Jesus, as the Lord of our lives, as we strive to follow you, help us to learn to love like Jesus, help us to love God, help us to love others, help us to bring life to the community, to our neighborhoods, to our schools, to our places of work, to this whole city and to this world. God, work in and through us. God, may we repent of the ways that we've ever thought that we're too small. We don't have enough. God, we repent of that. God, we invite you to work in and through us as individuals, as a community, as a family. Bring us together to love and serve you. It's your name we pray. Amen.